0: This is the Church Planning Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Every week we sit down with leaders who are shaping church planning efforts. Here's your hosts, Josh Taransky, and Clint Clifton.
1: Welcome to the Church Planning Podcast. I am your host, Clint Clifton, and we have with us Josh Taransky. Hey, Josh. Infamous, Josh Taransky.
0: Good to be back with you, Clint. Excited for another episode and excited to be a part of these guys' journey. You guys out there are, are getting ready to plant or... They're in the throes of it, yep. and uh, they've got questions, and hopefully, again, we're going to provide some value.
1: Yeah, if you got if you got questions, send those in. We'd love to address anything you're thinking about. Um, so, if you have particular things you'd like to hear discussed that that don't ever get discussed here, be feel free to send those on to us, and we'd love to discuss them and talk about them on the air. Um, and hopefully, we'll we'll make some progress. Um, so, yeah, today we're going to talk to a guy named Daniel Mackett, and Daniel's a really uh, interesting guy. Um, uh, so Daniel's Daniel's uh, organization is called Redemption Redemption Collective, and it's unlike any organization I know. It's just an upstart. It's an entrepreneurial venture, and uh, what Daniel's trying to do is to partner with churches um, that are trying to reach their communities and businesses also that are entrepreneurs that are trying to start in those same communities, and he's trying to create um Uh, 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 organization that brokers the relationship between the two. So they're mutually beneficial. Um, So a lot of times that has to do with real estate. They will find a piece of real estate that will both work as a church plant and some kind of entrepreneurial venture. And they uh, they work on that. So I I love this situation because this guy, Daniel, is both sort of gospel minded and gospel hearted, uh, but he's also being innovative and creative in that space that I feel like we're gonna have to get better and better at the more secular our culture becomes, and and that's that space of figuring out um, the the blurry line between um, between nonprofit church work and for profit uh, ventures with a kingdom purpose or with a kingdom aim. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about this. I know this is kind of your sweet spot too. You love, you love talking about stuff like this, Josh.
0: (laughs) This is long overdue. This, this, you know, what Daniel's doing, there could be 10 Daniels out there Yeah, and, um, thinking creatively because church buildings are one of the, can be one of the biggest wastes of money. Yeah. Um, and a massive research, I mean, it's hard, like for me, where I'm coming from in the city where we're doing so much and we're looking for a building to see these empty church buildings that basically sit there, you know, six and a half days a week yeah. unused, obviously it's COVID, but it just is, uh, it's like salt in the wound. Right. And so to have Daniel doing what he's doing, it just makes sense. You yeah. know, there has been, there've been models, you know, churches doing schools, that's a, like, you know, old hat that's been going on for a while, but there are, there's so much more that can be done. So yeah, I'm glad we, I'm glad you got him.
1: Yeah. I think this is just like, I think we need to go into this long season of R and D to rethink the church facility equation. Um, and you know, we've been promoting for the last few months, uh, that or- organization called space together. We even had their found- yeah. founder on the podcast at one, one time in space together, sort of taking a different approach at the same problem. They're saying, if you have unused space, you can rent it to a church, uh, or they're trying to broker the partnership in a rental type relationship, where Daniel's trying to do it in an ownership stake sort of way. So um, they they specialize in a few kinds of businesses. You'll you'll hear him talk about that. But their organization, Redemption Collective, is actually out there working with investors to raise capital to purchase facilities that will house businesses and churches. And so um so it's it's kind of a high speed effort, you know, and they're really focused on one church plant right now in Baltimore. uh, And uh, they're working with that church plant to to sort of prove it as a prototype or a model. And uh, so I'm anxious to see what comes out of that. They just got um, investor funding for uh, the venture. And so they've raised about a half a million bucks for it, and uh, really exciting that they've been able to pull that off, which is crazy. And yeah, yeah. and this is it's not awesome. this is not like free money. This is investor money. This is VC money. This is money that's going to go back to these investors, and uh, if the business does well. And so um, obviously, yeah. obviously.
0: I contributed a little bit of drone footage to the uh, fundraising
1: video. Did you? Uh, nice. Yeah, they
0: called me. So, yeah, it's a little – we're a tight-knit community up here in Baltimore. Lots of love. Lots of love. I, s- of love.
1: Yeah, I saw that I saw drone love. footage on Facebook. That's pretty, that's pretty nice footage. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we got a word from our sponsor, and then let's jump right into this episode with Daniel Mackett.
1: So you want to lead your church to multiply, but in order to do that, you have to raise up new potential leaders from inside your congregation. But how in the world are you supposed to do that with all the other plates you have spinning? Well, the North American Mission Board has created a tool to help you equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's called the Multiplication Pipeline and it helps you identify and train missional leaders, potential church planters, and potential church planting team members from right there inside your own congregation. The pipeline starts with a simple assessment tool and a three-year online training system follows to equip missional leaders. Learn more about the multiplication pipeline by visiting their website, nam.net backslash pipeline. That's n-a-m-b.net backslash pipeline. Daniel Mackett welcome to the church planting podcast good to be here yes so uh, you are right now you're like on the field in your work you're in your native environment you are uh, you're in a uh, Starbucks in somewhere in the northeast and you are uh, about to meet with somebody who are you going to meet with Yeah, I'm going to
2: meet with a a brother in the Lord who the Lord has uh, blessed with finances, and we're going to talk about uh, one of our first projects uh, that he can invest in for both financial stewardship and also blessing church planting.
1: Okay, so you're looking for investors. Now, there are not many people uh, in the church planting world that are doing that. Uh, In fact, uh, the whole world of like loans and investing and the way the... Kind of uh, normal industries operate. We we don't have that at all. It's like not even a branch of what we do. Uh, so you're you uh, have an organization called Redemption Collective, and you are trying to, in a balanced, uh, Christ honoring way, uh, enter that space. So t- tell us what Redemption does.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Clint. So Redemption Collective really exists to make church planning and cities scalable through business, and so. I'm preaching to the choir here on this podcast of all the difficulties, all the barriers to church plants have in entering expensive markets like cities where the gospel needs to be preached, but not only barriers to to entry, but also barriers to sustainability. And so our organization seeks to come alongside church plants and reduce those barriers so that we can plant more churches and get the gospel out in cities. And so the way that, the way that we do that uh, is we, uh, we leverage commercial real estate in a way that brings commercial real estate, small business, and church plants together uh, that really creates a gospel ecosystem that not only generates profits, but also blesses a church plant in, in three specific ways. And Clint, happy to share about those kind of three specific ways, if, if not, it's the right time for that. Uh,
1: Daniel, what are the three specific ways that you guys do that? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 three, the three ways in which
2: we, we want to bless church plants through our businesses is number one, financially. And so whether we acquire a piece of commercial real estate profit or property and we, we let a church use it on Sunday for, for little to no cost, or the church owns the building and we pay their mortgage, we pay for the utilities, we want to bless church plants in expensive real estate markets financially secondly we want to bless them uh, evangelistically or missionally and so through our businesses which we run monday through saturday these are secular facing businesses run with kingdom intentionality kingdom hospitality kingdom excellence these businesses are bringing in non-believers into that piece of property every single day of the week so that that church plant has access to their neighbors uh, really in a front stoop way so that uh, the church and their neighbors can gather together in an everyday way and they can, uh, they can build relationships that lead towards gospel uh, declaration and, and saturation. And then lastly, we want to bless the church with staff capacity. Church planners already have enough on their plate. They don't need to always worry about signing another lease or finding another property or just dealing with all of the numerous building issues that come with uh, finding and renting or owning property. So we take that burden as we're running our businesses so that the church planners can be freed up to actually pastor and shepherd and preach and
1: teach. So, Daniel, that sounds good, but it sounds like uh, it's too good to be true, to be honest with you. Um, so can you give me an example, uh, point me to something that's working like you have in mind, like a, a, a living example of this?
2: yeah yeah so over the last eighteen months, uh, my team, which is me and my board of directors, set out to talk to Christian business leaders and church planners all across really the d c uh, area but also across the country and what we What we found was there were uh, there were church plants or pastors who were both running businesses at the same times of leading churches, which praise God for those brothers that can balance both there There are not many who were doing it successfully or there were church buildings that were operating uh, businesses, whether it's a coffee shop or daycare center out of it, which is great. But it still looks like a church building that's not not bringing in uh, lost people in the same way. And so our team, really over the last 18 months, has has come up with a, a strategy that we we believe to, to to actually accomplish those three ways in which we want to bless the church. So right now we're entering into our first project with Redemption City Church which is in downtown Baltimore in the Canton Highland Town neighborhood. So a little bit about uh, RCC, Redemption City Church, was planted in uh, late 2017 by Pastor Adam Matasov and and Adam Wilson. They launched in 2018, and the Lord has has blessed uh, their congregation. They have about 70 members now, average Sunday attendance of 130. Long story short... Their property owner, so they rented space in this beautiful three-story, 10,000 square foot property right in the heart of the city, the city that they're trying to reach. Their owner came to them and said, "Hey, I'm going to triple your rent at the end of September." So this is just two months ago where their their owner came to this. This is the middle of COVID. he's going to increase their budget for? are just a rental budget from 30,000 a year to 72,000 a year that wouldn't be financially sustainable nor he nor was it going to be sustainable because he was going to add other tenants into the into the property so the church needed a solution so our team came alongside rcc Uh, we analyzed the property we analyzed the surrounding area and we we determined that uh, a craft coffee shop and a co-working community would be viable business models for that particular property so what is going on right now is the church is in process of actually purchasing this building But they're purchasing the building with the intent and with the knowledge that we are going to rent space from them Uh, and our rent is going to pay the entirety of the mortgage it's going to pay for majority of the utilities and it's going to enable them not only to stay in that property to reach the neighborhood but also own it for the long haul to to take a stake in baltimore city say hey we're going to be here for the long haul to preach the gospel so so the game plan is this my company redemption collective is going to Separate from the church, run a craft coffee barn co working community, which I have experience in. Uh, we're going to bless the church financially. We're going to enable the church to have a missional engagement opportunity Monday through Saturday. Uh, and Lord willing, this is our vision that as Pastor Adam and Adam are training up pastors, I would be training up Christian business leaders. And two by two, we would send out uh, a lead entrepreneur with a lead pastor, and that lead entrepreneur could actually lower the startup cost for a church plant, lower the ongoing cost for the church plant, and provide a space where they could reach the community with the gospel over the long haul. And so we're in pilot phase, so it does sound too good to be true, uh, but we're proving it out right now. And it's been amazing to see the Lord open doors, not only for the church to purchase the property, for us to raise investment. And it's not donation as, as you talked about, but it's actually investment. Where we're saying to Christian investors, not only can you get a return on your investment so we're going to pay your money back with and then some but also you're going to be able to bless this specific gospel preaching church in a harder reach area
1: yeah yeah well that would be incredible if you pull it off uh, i think one of the things that's going to happen after this podcast airs is that i mean i don't know a church planter that wouldn't be like this sounds amazing let's do this right now so obviously, you're not at a place in your organization where you can exactly take on a bunch of new clients, so to speak, right?
2: Correct, correct. But I would love to to connect with pastors who are interested uh, in this model in the in the future. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I have been noticing, and we've we've focused on this podcast a little bit, especially over the last year or so, on the issue of you know mixing business and mission. Um, the social enterprise conversation a little bit, the side hustle conversation, they're all kind of uh, blend together. And, and we've seen a few versions like you referenced of uh, working models, maybe roughly working models of pastor entrepreneurs who have uh, gone out and planted a church and simultaneously started a business. Um, my experience with that, having done that, I've been, I've been that pastor entrepreneur a few times over and, um, is that, uh, there's no such thing as a pure pastor entrepreneur. He's either a pastor who entrepreneurs on the side, or he's an entrepreneur who pastors on the side, uh, that something gets your primary focus. And, um, for me, it was always pastoral work. It was always the church planting work. It wasn't because I was all that spiritual. It was just what I lived and breathed. That's what I was more passionate about. So I woke up in the morning and I was thinking about God's people and God's work. And, uh, oh yeah. And I also wanted it to work financially. And I also wanted, so it was a very pragmatic reasons that I was, I was doing those, uh, those other things. So you're, you're actually saying though, the thing that's new or novel about this is you're saying, no, that that's going to be another person another person's going to have that kind of entrepreneurial gifting and zeal and passion and so how where are those people coming from how are you going to find those do you have a, a pocketbook with a bunch of those in them or
2: not yet but we're building that up so you know let me just say this i think the marketplace is probably one of the most untapped mission fields within within the church especially the church in the usa most most people myself included when i started my consulting career uh, really thought of business or think of business as, hey, this is a place where God has put me. I can, I'm going to be blessed with resources that I so that I can support the real work of the ministry. But the reality is, is that every person, every every Christ follower, uh, especially in the marketplace, has been put there by God to leverage their talents, to leverage their gifts, to get the gospel out. And so, not only, not only in the way that that they do their work with integrity, with honesty, with humility, but also in the way that they reach the people around them. All of us are called to be missionaries in our marketplace. And so, uh, yeah, our hope and our desire is to actually train and equip people that God has already placed in the business world that have succeeded, that have that have uh, climbed their way up and have, uh, have done a, a good work in the marketplace to say, hey, what would it look like for you to take those giftings of managing people, of being entrepreneurial, uh, of networking, and focusing those gifts in a very specific area to launch a business, a plug-and-play business that we've already created the brand, we've already created the operating model. You just need to run it in partnership with this gospel preaching church. That would open up tremendous doors. And so we're talking to different networks within the faith-driven and uh, entrepreneur community, and there's some other communities that we're starting starting to network with uh, moving forward.
1: Yeah, and so. Um when when you talk about the financial component of it um you're really you're really trying to more than you're trying to just give cash to the church plant you're trying to um find a solution that both creates gospel opportunity in terms of mission and alleviates some of the financial burden is that the best way to say yeah
2: yeah and you know i think a helpful way to think about it is right now in the u.s evangelical churches, so I, I did a little bit of research, evangelical churches in the U.S. spend an average of $5 billion per year just on building maintenance costs for church church buildings that God has given them, $5 billion a year on spaces that unfortunately sit so unutilized uh, throughout the week. So Monday through Saturday, some churches do a great job of opening it up for the community or letting the school run out of there, but so many that I know that I've been a part of simply sit empty. And so we have all this cash tied up in unutilized facilities. With our model, we're saying, hey, how could we actually leverage this piece of commercial real estate 100% of the time so that the business is actually paying for that space, so the church isn't bared down with 25 to 30% of their budget from simply renting a piece of property? So not only are we blessing them from the, the rental building uh, expense line on them, but also part of our vision is that as we're or as we're running businesses that are generating profit part of that profit is going to be reinvested into redemption collective so that we have a church planning fund that we can then go out and launch new businesses in support of future church plants as well and let me just say part of our model is it's first first we partner with the gospel preaching church so want to have common missional alignment um, you know theological clarity with the planters that we're partnering with then we look at the market that they're currently in or desire to be in and say, could we actually run one of our businesses and could they be sustainable apart from the local church? And so that's a key component of saying, does this business work apart from the local church? And then once we have confidence, we find the right real estate that makes sense both for the business Monday through Saturday, but we want to design it in such a way where it's not this, you know, jerry-rigged church service and this awkward-shaped coffee shop or co-working community, but it actually makes sense. And it's a place where the church can easily meet there on Sunday, uh, thereby really creating this ecosystem where people are coming in, the people are paying for the space and then the church is able to, to continue their, their ministry.
1: Yeah. So the project you're involved in right now at Redemption City Church um, is a Send Network church plant. And um, one of our, one of our strong church planters, Adam Mutasib there. And, so what is it about that church plant and that project that made you say this one could work? Um, because again, we're gonna be in a situation where a lot of guys are gonna hear this and they're gonna say, man, that sounds awesome, I wanna do it. And you're gonna say, sorry, I can't help you. I'm focused on proving the model right now. And uh, so what is it about the, uh, Adam's situation there that made you say, yeah, that, that could work?
2: Yeah, a, a few things. Firstly, I'd say, Adam and Adam are, they're willing to take risks for the gospel, so they're willing to do things a little different. So they don't have a dream of just uh, of getting a property that's solely used for the church. They actually do want to leverage that in a unique way that brings non-believers into the space. And they're, they're going to make, and as we had early conversations, they were willing to make some of those sacrifices to say hey yeah we won't have full access to this space and we're going to make some design considerations on sunday so kids ministry might look a little bit different it's going to work but it might look a little bit different so they were number one they were willing to take risks uh for uh for the gospel in terms of running a property number two they were willing to to let me actually say hey dan needs to have the freedom and the capacity to run these businesses in a way that's not being micromanaged by the church. So they say, hey, Dan, this is how God has gifted you. You go run the businesses as long as it's supporting the church in those three ways that I previously talked about. So they they gave me the freedom to say, hey, let's yeah, let us let you run in your lane so that we can run in our, our pastoral lane. And then thirdly, what's super unique about, about this project is that most of the church actually lived within walking distance of this building. Yeah. And so you, now you think about Uh, a community that is making this coffee shop that's making this community or this community workspace their go-to space throughout the week so that they can not only meet one another and people can see gospel community from the outside looking in but also people can actually join in that gospel community that's happening in a safe space a third space um, that looks primarily like a coffee shop it does not look like a church this isn't a christian coffee shop this isn't a, a church building it's actually just a commercial real estate property is going to be designed to have a really good coffee shop in there and so adam and adam were saying hey we're willing to to make it not look like a church building so that we can bring the community into this
1: space yeah yeah okay so give uh let's let's pause this kind of part of the conversation for just a second let's imagine you know where most of the church planners who are listening to this are going to be uh and, and they need a few ideas and principles about how to think about doing something like this themselves. You've said already they can access you, you can call, they can call and talk to you and that kind of thing. But they're going to start thinking about um, what they could do in their community. Are there some go-to businesses that you think are kind of ready-made for uh, a church planting, you know, they fit hand in glove with a church planting scenario?
2: yeah yeah great question clint um so we, we kind of thought through this question a lot over the last few years we've we come up with hopefully what is a helpful kind of set of guidelines for thinking about a business that would work and we call it our five arc philosophy and so is the business relational in nature meaning you can form a relationship z in that space which goes right into the missional component number two is that base is that customer customer base recurring I mean it's not not you're going to buy a car once every 10 years, but you're going to see that person regularly, just like a coffee shop. Free the space is reusable, meaning it actually makes sense for a church to meet there on Sunday. Again, it's not jerry-rigged into a space, but it it could actually work uh, in a way that's conducive. Fourth, it's replicable. So you could take that model and then uh, plug and play it with the model elsewhere. Because let's think through this. It's actually a church model that is going to work best for churches under 400 people because space is really hard to come by, especially in expensive real estate markets. And so these are going to be churches that plant churches. And so you hit 200 and then you go plant a church or you hit 300 and then you go plant a church and replicate with that model. And then lastly, we want these businesses to the extent that they can to be redemptive, meaning that they they seek to employ um, marginalized citizens in the community so if you have a, a you know a, a sister in your church that's a single mom that's struggling like leverage that business to employ and disciple her or if there's refugees in your community or returning citizens leverage that business for for real good uh, discipleship and engagement with uh, community members uh, that otherwise may have not been uh, a part of your church and so we've thought a lot about that the five businesses that we think would work really well and again I said coffee and co-working which is what I have experienced in, uh, then we think a fitness center concept, so a CrossFit gym that's got a lot of open space. Uh, fourth would be a childcare concept, and there's a there's an organization that's already done that. They they run childcare centers in existing church buildings. I think there's just a chi- simple childcare model that could be leveraged on Sunday for a church. Uh, and then lastly would be uh, this is a little bit more complicated, but a kind of a food hall restaurant type concept. So you could have a couple small restaurants in one space, and then on Sunday morning that's leveraged. So. Let me show you how our model with RCC fits those, uh, those principles. So yeah. uh, of this space, there's three floors. That first floor is a coffee shop. We're also designing two rooms that are going to be permanent kids space, not only for the coffee shop, parents can come meet, put their kids in there, uh, but on Sunday, that becomes Fellowship Hall and Kids Ministry space. Floor two is this open, kind of beautiful event space. That's our open, flexible co-working memberships where we roll in conference tables Monday morning. People can work there Monday through Friday. We'll roll them back out, and our team will set up the sanctuary. So the sanctuary will be there on Sunday. And then the third floor is going to be private offices, 10 of them for just entrepreneurs in the community, business leaders in the community, and then five for uh, Redemption City Church staff members. And uh, and then those, those rooms upstairs are actually... Uh, can be leveraged for future growth as more and more kids and and more and more Bible studies are happening. And so that's how we're taking that that building and it's relational. Uh, it's a recurring customer base both through coffee and co-working. The space makes sense from a Sunday transformation perspective. Once we build these models, we want to bless anybody on this podcast. If there's a if there's a Christian business leader in your church, let's get let's let's get talking and they can take th- that brand. They can take that operating guidelines uh, and leverage them out there. And then over, over the long haul, we'll be, uh, seeking to employ, uh, uh, hopefully some refugees in the Baltimore city community, which, uh, Baltimore has, uh, uh many social issues, uh, that can be addressed through
1: these businesses as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, pretend that, uh, you have a coffee shop in, in my church and I walk into the coffee shop one day and you're serving something that I don't like. Uh, and I think it should be different. Do do I have a, a say over white chocolate mocha or pumpkin spice latte? What the what the what the chalkboard looks like? Am I that deep into the weeds? Do we get to interact on that level, or am I crossing like some kind of boundary that's your kind of job? And, and do we have clear lanes, or are we like on a team together?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, let me say one: uh, successful business leaders are always agile and willing to take feedback. And so uh, we're not going to be uh, operating in a place of like we know exactly what we're doing. We know how to best reach this community through this coffee shop or through this co-working space. Okay. So it is, it's more of a team, and that hey, we're willing to take suggestions, but a team with clear lanes. Every team that is successful has the lanes for the position that they play. In. And so primarily, we're going to say, hey, like we have the model. We know what we want to do. We know what. Let's get back to the drawing board. Let's whiteboard out what we could have. But as I was going back to, to Adam and Adam, they said, Hey, Dan, you have the freedom to run, run the coffee shop in a way that, you know, can actually generate profit, which actually goes to the long-term long-term sustainability of the church uh, being planted here for the long haul. Uh, and then also for the church, for the church to be able to be freed up to, uh, to run in their lane as well.
1: Yeah. So talk to the investor. I don't think we have uh, many investors to listen to this podcast. It's, it's not really a a uh, hot podcast for investors these days, though. It, 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 it Maybe now it could be a growing market, right? uh Talk to the investor or the guy who's got a little bit extra money that he could invest in something like this. How is he going to get a return out of this? And what what would you are you anticipating potential returns?
2: Yeah. So uh in that second phase, once we form the partnership with the church, that market analysis piece is key because we're not going to launch a business that we're not confident that we can actually generate returns. So, for instance, for this first project. We're, we're, we're raising 450000 of equity. Part of that's going towards renovations and then just our kind of our operating uh, cash flow to ensure that we can drive up towards profitability. We're projecting uh, anywhere from about 15 to 20% returns uh, over, over 10 years for our investors. So that not only are they gonna get their money back, but they're gonna get a healthy return Healthy return year over year uh, through dividends, and then there'll, there'll be a buyout payment uh, option at, at year six once we've established a, a proper operating history. We can get a small business loan, and so there, every deal is going to look a little different. Future deals might be redemption collective owning the properties, so and then you know that equity is collateralized, uh, uh, or it could be the church owning the building, and then we offer higher returns for the increased risk. So, but bottom line, kind of our premise is investors can not only generate a return, steward their money wisely, but also bless the church plant and Lord willing over the long haul, that capital that's now been uh, generated can then be used to plant another church. And so it's a way to missionally multiply the resources that God has given you. That's,
1: that's really great. Um, so we kind of skipped this. This probably should have been the first question, but, but what in the world got you into this? Uh, this, this seems like, uh, I mean, I th- I really think I when when we first talked about this, I, you know, immediately within the first few minutes of the conversation, I thought, yeah, this this sounds great. It's an idea it, you can I can always tell a great idea because I've already had versions of it and many other people have had versions of it but nobody's quite locked in on it you know um so how did how did you get here to the place where you actually like I guess you stopped everything else in your life and put all your eggs in this basket so to speak from a career standpoint uh why'd you do that and how'd you get here
2: yeah I'll try to share my uh kind of story quickly but long story short originally from Wisconsin I grew up in a Uh, Grew up as a pastor's kid, came to the Lord at a young age, and so I had the local church kind of in my DNA. Didn't appreciate it middle school or high school. Went into the University of Wisconsin, really with mm, not much intention of following Jesus. I wanted to have fun and then leverage what I thought was going to be my business degree for building up my kingdom. And quickly, the Lord showed me the fruitlessness and uh, toillessness of that vision, and uh, put some guys around me that started discipling me. And what God started to do over those four years in the University of Wisconsin was start asking me hey, how can this business degree that I'm giving you be leveraged for the kingdom? And so I started to think more and more about, hey, I'm not going to go be a pastor, I'm not going to be a missionary, but God's giving me business to leverage for his glory. Senior year, started a coffee shop uh, that raised money for what now is International Justice Mission, that first gave me that taste of entrepreneurship plus kind of kingdom building purposes. Fast forward two years of consulting, my wife and I moved to D.C. about three and a half years ago. And... God just ignited a, a burden uh, for church planting in my heart. Once we got to Delray Baptist, just sitting under the teaching there and, and growing in the Lord, just had a, a, a an increased desire for church planting. But what I started to realize, both in my own life, as I understood how expensive it was to live in that area, had conversations with pastor after pastor to understand, man, so many church, uh, church pastors have to raise minimum of five hundred thousand just to launch in a city, and then reading stats on. Uh, The unfortunate failure rate, mainly because of financial burden, but also burnout because pastors are trying to manage real estate and fundraise on top of actually just their their normal pastoral duties, which is enough on its own. And so the Lord started just burdening burdening me with uh, this kind of vision of how could we actually leverage business to make church planning scalable. So about 18 months ago, started having intentional conversations, both with business leaders and church planners to say, okay, well, what's somebody doing in this space? And it just became clear that there wasn't kind of a sole organization that was uh thinking about it kind of holistically i'd say and kind of going back to that a, a business coming alongside a local church not being part of it not being subservient for it but actually coming alongside to bless it uh and then yeah really about 10 months ago we we came up with a strategy and uh that got, got affirmation from from uh various brothers uh, around the country and now we're now we're running full steam ahead so i'm leaving my job at ijm i've been the the director of college mobilization and taking the step of faith to say hey uh lord what would you do with with this first project involved that's
1: amazing cool Uh, Daniel, this has been a great conversation. I think uh, it's going to inspire a bunch of church planners. uh, And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I pray that you are wildly successful because if you're successful, I think that'll be a huge benefit to church plants all over the place. So thanks for for the work you're doing.
0: Thanks, Clint. Hey, Clint, do you know what causes people to find a podcast in the store when they do a search? No. It's the reviews. If people give reviews and stars
1: that is that's one of the most important things that, so uh, what you're saying is there could be some person in Arizona who is feeling God calling them to plant a church yeah and they go to iTunes thinking i wonder if there's a church planting podcast and that's what type i would in do church planting podcast which is in fact the name of our podcast yes and our podcast doesn't show up first because there aren't enough reviews sad that's it's sad. really sad I mean to think about that they're probably going to get some some other podcast yeah. inferior podcast and this is free
0: it's free. this is free it's totally free all they can
1: uh, you just go in and help us out leave help a review out. yeah thanks even if you write down about how you don't like us that's fine
0: yeah uh, we have uh, terrible radio faces <laughs> something like that been <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Church Planting Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Today's episode of the Church Planting Podcast is sponsored by New City Network, the church planting ministry of McLean Bible. A special thanks to today's guest. Josh Taransky produced today's show. Nick Bashane was our editor. Thanks to Hudson Taransky, who provided administrative and web support for the program, and last but not least, thanks to you for listening all the way through to the very end of the Church Planting Podcast. If you'd like more information about our show, feel free to visit our website at www.churchplantingpodcast.org. There you can find all of our past episodes, as well as notes and links from today's show. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so be sure to check us out on the social. And tune in next week for another episode of the Church Planting Podcast.